It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. RG3 says Eric Bieniemy should refuse the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator position, and he's right in the point he's making, but wrong in the act. I'll explain that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me on Twitter at dharrison82, a credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders my co-host Chris the Rooster Russell is off this week. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. The solution to Washington's offensive coordinator position could be two hires instead of one. And Andy Reid's role in holding back Eric Bieniemy coming up on today's episode. But first, Robert Griffin III made his thoughts on Bieniemy's job prospects in Washington known and unfortunately, he's wrong about what EB should do, but not wrong about the point that he's trying to make. So for those of you who didn't see it, Robert Griffin III took to Twitter, as we all so so often do uh, in these times, and tweeted out, quote, Eric Bieniemy should only leave Kansas City for a head coaching opportunity. Miss me with that gotta prove himself. He put that in quotes himself. Gotta prove himself narrative. 15 of the 21 head coaches hired in the last three years were first-time head coaches. The enemy has proven himself more than every single one of them, end quote. So this is really interesting because it kind of follows up on something that Doug Williams uh, said when Chris had him on the show last week was prior to the Super Bowl. Um, and Doug Williams talked about a lot of things. But one of the things he talked about was how many coaches in the National Football League have gotten opportunities to become head coaches without actually being play callers as offensive coordinators themselves. And it was it was kind of a moment because I'm not going to lie, guys, I have been in that school of going like, listen, I don't know that Eric B can fully manage a game flow. I don't know how an Eric B or what an Eric B offense looks like when it's fully controlled by Eric B and he doesn't have Andy Reid there kind of providing that, that insight. And then listening to Doug Williams talk about all these other coaches who got opportunities in the exact same vein. I'm like, well, Hey, you know what? If those coaches are going to get opportunities, I mean, if you stack their successes up against Eric Bieniemy's successes in similar type of situations, Eric Bieniemy comes out on top. So that's that is that was a very good point by Doug Williams, and I think that the point that Robert Griffin the third trying to make in this tweet is along that same line. So in that point, I certainly agree, but I disagree with Robert Griffin the third saying that EB should not take the Washington Commanders job because of that. Uh, so, again, agree with the principle, agree with the point and the observation uh, about what's going on. Disagree that EB should basically allow himself to continue to be held back because of this unfair assessment 
uh, potentially of, of what he is or who he is as a coach. So just just want to make that clear here. But and, he, and here's the reason why. The narrative is there. The narrative has been there. I mean, you are doing research for the for today's episode. Uh, I went back years and found found articles, comments, tweets, quotes uh, regarding Eric Bieniemy and the lack of clear control of the game plan, play calling, game flow for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not going away. So if it's not going to go away, you have two options in the face of of adversity when you're faced with them. You can either try to stand up against it in the sense of this shouldn't be important. So I'm not going to bend to it in order to prove that it's not important because if I bend to it, it now gives it credence. And there's certainly honor in that. And, and if he chose to do that, if Eric Bannemi said, you know what, I'm this is this is not a big deal. Everybody's making it a big deal for the wrong reasons. I'm not going to kowtow to it. I'm not going to bend the knee to this narrative. You're going to have to just respect me based off of the success I have in the job that I have because that's the way this is supposed to work. I would applaud him and I would completely and totally be on board uh, as much as that, you know, as much value as that brings on with him doing so as a grown man making his own decision. However, if he decides, right, to to take a job in Washington or if it even if it ends up being somewhere else, we're all pretty sure it's going to be Washington, but even if it ends up being somewhere else, if he decides to take a job so that he can be like, you know what, you guys keep complaining about the same thing. It doesn't matter, but you just can't get over it. So I'm going to show you fine. We'll 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 play that game. But now what he's doing is sense in, in essence is taking away the excuse of well, this thing, because now that thing is gone. So what's next? What are you going to say next? Well, he's too short to be a head coach. Not nah, get out of here uh, with all that. So I get the point. I agree with the point to a certain extent, but I, I'm going to fall short of selling EB. This is what you should do. I think EB should do what EB feels is right for Eric B So if that's taking this job in Washington and having clear cut, no doubt whatsoever, he is the guy orchestrating the offense. He's the guy calling the plays. Now what? If it's successful, now what? Now what do you have? Uh, then, then I'm all for it. Um, plus, I think RG3 is casting too wide of a net here. Yeah, there's some other coaches who have come from coaching trees that got opportunities like the Sean McVay coaching tree without necessarily calling the offenses. But every coaching tree isn't created the same. And I think Andy Reid's coaching tree uh, is, is kind of unique. And so I wanted to dive into the Andy Reid coaching tree. So that's what I did here. And looking at his coaching tree. So these are tr- coaches who coached under him at a position or at, at a time and got development under Andy Reid as a head coach. So they didn't coach with Andy as a coordinator or an assistant or anything. These are head coach, Andy Reed. These were his assistants, coordinators, all that stuff of, of all the ones who have gone on to be NFL head coaches. Uh, we have a total here of 10. We have a total of 10 former coordinators, assistant coaches under Andy Reed as a head coach have gone on to be NFL head coaches. Only three of those coaches. So 30% of those coaches have been former offensive coordinators uh, under coach Reed. One of them being Doug Peterson, the most successful one, I think, being Doug Peterson, uh, worked under Andy Reid from two, 2009 to 2015. Uh, he was an offensive quality control coach, quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator at one point in time. And, and this one's kind of weird, but called plays for the second half of 12 games in 2015. So follow me there for 12 games, including two playoff games. So 10 regular season games, two playoff games in 2015. Doug Peterson called the plays in Kansas City. For the second half, or uh, this, I think this is Philly. no, it was Kansas City by then. Just for the second half, it, it's that's really weird. Um, he ended up lasting five years as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, forty-two and thirty-seven in one record. Obviously, won a Super Bowl there uh, with Nick Foles and all that stuff. Um, has one year now as a head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's nine and eight in that one year. 
to me, that kind of stands out. Doug Peterson is in his second head coaching stint. And I understand they won a Super Bowl in Philly, so maybe that gave him a little bit more clout. But this is a former offensive coordinator under Andy Reid, who is known for having control of the of the of the play calling, worked under Andy Reid for six years, called plays for the second half of 12 games. So combined, called plays for six games in one year, the very next year gets a head coaching job in Philadelphia. Uh, ends up winning the Super Bowl. Now he's on his second stint as a head coach. So he's getting two tries before EB gets even one. There are some other uh, things for that, and, and that's going to come up here again in today's episode. Uh, the next coach, I label him the second most successful only because he basically lasted longer than the third guy. Uh, neither of them won any championships, did a whole lot, of, made a whole lot of noise. But Brad Childress uh, worked under Andy Reid 1999 to 2005, and then again from 2013 to 2017. Uh, served in a multitude of roles, quarterbacks, coach, offensive coordinator, spread game analysis slash special projects. Not really sure what that means, but co-offensive coordinator at one point in time, assistant head coach, uh, lasted five years as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, accumulating a 39 and 35 record. Finally, Matt Nagy, the third of those offensive coaches, and to me, the least successful 28 2008 to 2017 was a coaching intern, coaching assistant, offensive quality control coach, quarterbacks coach, co-offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, two years as office coordinator combined. Fully called plays in 2017. 2017, Andy Reid turned over the reins of play calling to Matt Nagy. 2018, Matt Nagy got the head coach uh, coaching job of uh, the Chicago Bears. 2018 was also the season that Eric Bieniemy started his tenure as offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Andy Reid then retook play calling duties uh, at that time. Nagy ended up lasting four years as the head coach of the Chicago Bears, 34 and 31 record. Some other notable head coaches come from the Andy Reid coaching tree. John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott, Ron Rivera, Todd Bowles, Pat Shermer, Leslie Frazier, Steve Spagnolo, all of them defensive or special teams coaches. The only office of coaches were those three. So we kind of talked about what that coaching tree looks like. Every single one of them had some sort of play calling or assistant head coach title to them even if it was minimal. And I think that the fact that some of it was minimal, like in the case of Doug Peterson, I think that's significant. I think that kind of supports uh, what RG3 is trying to say here. Uh, so I, so again, I think the point is valid, but I don't think that EB should just forego an opportunity to prove his naysayers wrong uh, because of it. So that's kind of that's kind of that in a nutshell where there's a lot more to this conversation, obviously. Is the real culprit of Eric Bieniemy, for example, not having a head coaching job at this stage, actually Andy Reid? That's a part of this conversation that needs to be had. It sounds crazy on the surface, guys, but it's actually not once you dive into it. I'm going to explain that here next on Locked On Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. With Built, health actually tastes good. Seriously, they're so delicious, you're not even going to realize that it's good for you while you're eating it. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% chocolate, and they come in some amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and more mint brownie is, is an awesome one uh, that I enjoy. What's even better is, of course, they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but they bring a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait around to get that box. For years, we've been talking to you all about going to Built.com to get your Built Bars. You can still do that and have more variety, but you can also go to your local Walmart, your local Sam's Club to get bars right now. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk into the pharmacy section and grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate, or coconut puffs. You can't go wrong with any of those options. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in there and get yourself a 13-bar box of the hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. That's Built Bar, built 
different. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders Podcast your first listener and first view every single day. Is there truth to Andy Reid holding back Eric Bieniemy? If you actually dive into it, which I did, so I'm going to do that for you. Uh, it actually kind of seems to have uh, some wheels. I'm not going to lie. When I first heard this argument, I kind of thought it was just ridiculous. I thought, you know, we're just out here saying things to say things. But then I started diving in a little bit more. We've already kind of covered some of what has been happening with some of these other Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinators that got head coaching jobs. And I think if you can agree with me, there already seems to be a discrepancy in what these other offensive coordinators have been expected to do duty-wise under Andy Reid before they get a head coaching job and what Eric Bieniemy is being asked to do. Uh, again, none of the other, none of the three offensive coordinators have already gotten head coaching jobs. We're fully in charge of the Kansas City Chiefs offense or Eagles offense for that matter at any given time. Yet Eric Bieniemy constantly uh, has points deducted because of that very fact. So it, it does seem a little bit off there, but Stephen A. Smith of ESPN's first take. I know what you're thinking, but follow me on this. Here's what he said, quote, when we think about what's holding Eric Bieniemy back most, it's Andy Reid. He went on to say Andy Reid has cost Eric Bieniemy a head coaching job in the National Football League. We don't want to say it, but it's true because even though you're the head coach, you don't have to call plays. But Andy Reid not only called some plays, he made sure we knew he called plays, end quote. So there's a couple points here. And again, the, the full clip, the full video is out there on social media, guys. You can find it. Um, Stephen A says a lot more, obviously says it a lot more emphatic than I just did there. I'm not going to do a Stephen A impression, right? But reading the quote, um, so do not all head coaches need to call plays. That's absolutely true. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, every head coach has to run their system the way they're going to run it. You know, Ron Rivera in Washington obviously does not call uh, the defensive plays. He lets Jack Del Rio run his unit. He runs the defense. He calls the plays for the defense, all that stuff. Now, does Ron get in the headset and say, hey, Jack, let's bring pressure. Hey, Jack, let's play off. Hey, Jack, let's get in zone. Maybe, you know what I mean? And that's that's fine. That's a prerogative of every head coach. And that's kind of what Steve Smith was talking about that. You know what? Maybe you do. Maybe you say, hey, look, let's take a shot. Hey, look, let's run the ball here. Let's sneak it. Let's go forward on fourth. That's fine. But most head coaches that do that don't then come back and say, hey, guys, I did that. Look at me. And I think an example, a recent example that we can look at that's, that's been successful uh, was Bruce Arians and his time uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, when he relinquished play calling to Byron Leftwich, he also acknowledged, like, listen, I every once in a while will say, hey, Byron, let's take a shot here. Hey, let's do these things. As the head coach, he has that right, and that's part of his duties. And Byron will oblige, say, okay, you want to take a shot, we'll take a shot, but I'm picking the play. I call in the play on where, what shot uh, is going to be made. And then, of course, this last season, uh, Byron left, which was completely in charge of the offense, obviously, because Bruce Harris was no longer on the sideline, uh, at least not with the headset on. And Todd Bowles is, is the defensive coordinator along with being the head coach, so he's focused on uh, what the defense is doing. Now, some people say the collapse on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense was because of that change. Some people say otherwise. This isn't locked on Bucks, so we're not going to get fully into that. But that is a recent example of kind of what Stephen A. Uh, is talking about. And Andy Reid in the past, we talked about with Matt Nagy for a period of time, gave up play calling. Uh, Doug Peterson had some play calling experience. There has been times where Andy Reid has decided not to call plays. And honestly, going back through the history of the Kansas City Chiefs specifically, 
those 12 games that that uh, he gave up second half play calling to Doug Peterson, which again is just weird to me. Um, they actually went on 11 game win streak uh, in that time period, and they had lost I think four in a row prior to that. So it's interesting because it actually worked out for the betterment of the Chiefs and obviously Andy Reid uh, himself. So it's an interesting point for for uh, for Stephen A to make, but there kind of goes more into it. Is not just about whether or not Andy Reid needs some, like if you just simply say Andy Reid's choosing to call plays, that's holding Eric Bainemi back. I wouldn't agree necessarily with that because there's plenty of coaches that do that and their offensive coordinators have other ways of showing uh, that they're talented. But there is another layer to Andy Reid and how he talks about who's calling plays. And that's something that I found interesting. And again, I didn't read every article, every published on Andy Reid and play calling and, and all these other things. But Smith went on to say, Stephen A went on to say in, in that in that in that segment of uh first take, quote, somehow in Kansas City it's convoluted. One minute one minute it's Eric Bieniemy, another minute it's Andy Reid. And if you give owners a chance to give credit to somebody, who do you think, and I'm paraphrasing here, who do you think they're going to give credit to? Quote, they're going to give credit to Andy Reid. End quote. Now, here's the thing. We mentioned this on the show before, too. Andy Reid has kind of taken it upon himself this this last season to kind of have this like media campaign. He's done interviews. Uh, I have to believe that he's talking to, you know, the Mike Tarikos of the world, like, hey, when you're covering our game, make sure you talk about Eric Bieniemy and having some hand in the play calling. But the way it's being talked about is is really different. So here we have a quote. This goes back to 2020. You know what I mean? And this is a quote that was given to Herbie Teope in an interview with Herbie Teope of the Kansas City Star, a good friend of mine. Um, Herbie does a great job. And this is Eric Bianami. He says, quote, we have an operation in how we do things and we have a communication system. I mean, coaches communicate with me. I'm communicating to the quarterback. To be honest with you, I think people are making something out of nothing, end quote. And again, we can agree on Eric Bianami's point that they're making something out of nothing. But the bottom line is, if you ask somebody, do you play, do you call plays? And the answer is, we have a communication system. Coach talks to me. I talk to the quarterback and we make it work. That's a no. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a fancy way of saying no, but quantifying it by saying, well, but but here's what I do do for the team. And Andy Reid, it reminded me of an interview Andy Reid did previously during the season where he was asked, how much does Eric Bieniemy call the plays? And Andy Reid said, he calls all the plays. And the reporter's like, oh, he calls all the plays? He's like, yeah, you know, he calls all the plays into Patrick Mahomes. Buddy, those are not the same things. And that's where this thing gets convoluted. Andy Reid in the, in the same. So CBS took Herbie Teope's quote and in the same thing uh, cited Andy Reid as saying, quote, I've always been that way with it, play calling. I think it's important that everybody's on the same page and involved with it. So I don't really care who's calling it or not calling it. I just want to make sure that it gets called and that we've got good plays to call from. That's where I put my energy. End quote. Here's the problem with that, right? Here's, here's where the saying gets convoluted, as Stephen A says. Because in 2017, he completely gave play calling over to Matt Nagy. And you can find articles. If you want to Google it yourself, Kansas City Chiefs play caller 2017, Matt Nagy play caller, Kansas City Chiefs, whatever, you can find them. And, and Matt Nagy's out here. I call the plays. Andy Reid's out here. Matt Nagy calls the plays. He's the play caller. I'm relinquishing play calling duties. Matt Nagy's the play caller. Doug Peterson calling plays. And the article that I found actually was after the season basically comes out and says, yeah, in the second half of all these games, I called the plays. Doug Peterson is doing that. Matt Nagy is fully taking over the offensive play calling. But with Eric Bieniemy, it's, well, there's a system. Well, it doesn't really matter who's calling the play per se. It's a, it's a matter of communication. This is all circumlocution. It's answering the question without actually answering the questions, dancing around the point. And the point to that is 
that at least to a majority standpoint at the time, Andy Reid is calling the plays. Eric Bieniemy might call some plays here and there, but he is not making the independent decision to call these plays. So why is this becoming such a such a big deal? Well, because for one, it's not being answered directly. So that's that's going to be part of uh, the problem. So Andy Reid, if you really want, so we probably all heard the story about Andy Reid getting up in front of the owners and kind of saying, "Why are you not hiring Eric Bieniemy?" Well, let's look at this. Matt Nagy. Uh, in 2017, he gets play calling duties. It's put out that he's the play caller. It's publicized that he's the play caller. Clearly, without any of this weird funky talk, 20 ne- the very next season, 2018, he's the head coach uh, of the Chicago Bears. Doug Peterson gets kind of half duties. That's let that's made known to the public. It's made known to the media. 2015, that happens. He gets hired by the Philadelphia Eagles. And honestly, you know, I look at it and say, okay, he only called plays for half of 12 games, which is still just weird to me. But he got hired by the Philadelphia Eagles. He was on Andy Reid's staff in Philly. So even that a little bit, this is Philly. Like Philly knows Doug Peterson. The ownership group knows Doug Peterson. So that isn't as weird uh, as, as some things might sound. Couldn't find anything on Brad Childress calling plays for Reid. But when Nagy and Childress split, co- they were co-office coordinators. When that went to solely Matt Nagy and he was the only office coordinator and he was a play caller, Childress got the position of assistant head coach. Eric Bieniemy has never had the position of assistant head coach. That is something that Andy Reid could have done to help Eric Bieniemy get a head coach up, give him that elevated title to show what his uh, real contributions are. So why didn't Eric Bieniemy get publicly stated play calling duties? That's a question that I would like to have answered. If he's not fully calling the offense, why is he not getting assistant head coaching titles and duties? That's a question I would like to have answered. And I think that those are fair questions to have answered, even if they shouldn't be enough to keep Eric Bieniemy from getting a head coaching job. It just illustrates the differences in how Andy Reid has kind of shaped the careers and the titles and the duties of offensive coordinators in the past who have gotten head coaching positions versus what he's done with and for uh, Eric Bieniemy. Another interesting note that I didn't know, uh, I don't know that we should really be saying that Eric Bieniemy comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree as much as we should be saying Brad Childress. So Childress actually brought EB into the NFL, hired him as the Vikings running back coach back in 2006, which was Childress's first year coaching uh, the Minnesota Vikings. That was EB's first year in the NFL. Both were fired in 2010 when Childress was fired from the Vikings. Uh, Eric Bieniemy was also fired. Childress went on. They both were out of coaching in 2011, but Childress became the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns in 2012. EB was out 2011 and 2012. 2013, Childress joins Reed in Kansas City. So does Eric Bieniemy. So I don't know that Brad Childress isn't more of an EB guy than Andy Reed uh, is. So that's a little bit of an information. Uh, interesting piece of information, like I said, I found uh, when I was getting ready for this episode. And that tidbit of information is going to lead us into our next topic, asking the question, what if the right offensive coordinator hire is actually two people? That answer coming up next on Locked On Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained, and so many more exclusive bets to FanDuel, like two by three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. If you think that's going to happen, uh, watching the Lakers game the other night, Jalen Rose came up, a FanDuel in-the-moment bet, and said the next bucket was going to be a Lakers bucket. It was going to be a two-pointer. It was. If you took Jalen Rose's advice in the heat of the moment, you took you came away with money. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance 
at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your first no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up this episode of Locked On Commanders with a question that we're then going to answer. And I got to give a shout out to SB Nation's Hogs Haven and Jamal Forrest uh, on uh, for for this segment, he wrote a piece there titled "Quote Eric Bieniemy or Greg Roman or both." Very interesting. Also, find Jamal on Trap or Dive podcast. Make sure you're checking that out uh, as well. Great work by Jamal all of the time. So, in the writing, Jamal wrote this quote: "Do not eliminate the idea of Bieniemy Roman of a Bieniemy Roman combination for Washington, with Bieniemy giving the keys as offensive coordinator and Roman as a prominent offensive assistant." For Bienemy being able to being able to start off your new OC journey with Greg Roman on your team is as good as it gets. Roman is someone Bienemy would be able to put a lot of trust in, helping to develop the offensive side of the football and help communicate to the offense what Bienemy wants out of them as he builds his offensive philosophy. End quote. And I think it's a great point. Greg Roman, you know, I, I think it was RG3 actually tweeted out Greg Roman, one of the best run game coordinators in the National Football League. We had an episode earlier this week diving deep into Greg Roman's tendencies and, and how he likes to run things. He's a 62 to 66% uh, run first guy that fits what Martin Mayhew and, and Ron Rivera said they want. So if you bring in EB, who's the opposite end of the spectrum, 62 to 66% pass uh, versus run, you blend that with Greg Roman, you let EB be the ultimate decider, run the offense, like I said, or like we said, uh, that kind of you know knocks out multiple uh, objectives all at once. But I'm not sure if Greg Roman would accept an assistant position. However, he also may not have a choice, right? I mean, if you look around, guys, the jobs are, are drying up. These opportunities are starting to dry up. So Greg Roman, like if you want to coach in 2023, that may be the best you're getting. And you don't have to move your family across the country. You know what I mean? So that's great for them and great for you. And, you know, 2024 comes around and, and see what happens uh, and take another run about it. So I think it was a great idea. And it's interesting because as I'm researching this, the, the, the idea of having two hires came up again as I'm as I'm as I'm researching these coaching trees because I just talked to you about Brad Childress and how he's actually the one who brought Eric Bieniemy into the National Football League as a coach with the Minnesota Vikings and then when they both got fired from the Vikings EB two years off at least from the NFL uh 2011-2012 Childress out of the NFL in 2011 back in in 2012 and then both end up with the Kansas City Chiefs in 2013 where uh EB has coached ever since now, Childress is not still coaching with the Kansas City Chiefs. As of at the latest that I could find, 2019, he was a senior offensive assistant coach for the Chicago Bears, helping Matt Nagy. So we already know Brad Childress, a guy who's willing to help out, a guy who's willing to advise Greg Roman. I don't know if he wants to advise. Again, he may not have a choice, to be quite honest with you, but we already know Brad Childress willing to take on that assistant coach, that advisory coach. Kind of reminds me similarly, we're going to bring up the Buccaneers here again, Tom Moore. Uh, his role with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the past four seasons 
really has been an offensive advisor when Bruce Brutarians was there. Byron Leftwich, he's still on the staff as far as I know uh, today and, and will continue to be kind of that advisory role. So why not Brad Childress? This is a guy who brought EB into the NFL for a reason. I, I find it hard to believe that EB and Childress going to Kansas City the same year after they left Minnesota is a coincidence. And honestly, Eric Bieniemy again, didn't have a job in 2011-2012. That bond between he and Childress, that may be stronger than I think a lot of people uh, are, are giving credit to. So this two this two higher uh, organization where Eric Bieniemy comes in as the sole offensive coordinator, but Brad Childress comes in as an offensive assistant, advisor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think I think it has legs. I think you know I'm not saying it will happen, but I think it's it's not a bad idea for Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, uh, and the Washington Commanders to approach if in fact Eric Bieniemy uh, is the hire, which I think a lot of us expect. Again, I was trying to hold off on this episode here on Thursday as long as I could to see if the news came through that he was being signed. But my schedule is starting to get full and starting to run out of time. So I wanted to go ahead uh, and get this out to you guys and dive into some of these ideas. And I'm glad that we did because I hopefully you find it as interesting as I did kind of going through this. Either way, not a bad idea, whether it's Roman, whether it's more, uh, not more, uh, children. So shout out to Jamal again uh, over at SB Nation's uh, Hogs Haven. Make sure you check that out. And then, of course, his podcast, Trapper Dive Podcast. Uh, great stuff there. But then also the idea of children's pad potentially being that second hire. The only question, I guess, the only hindrance in 2024 when we come back around, are people going to say, yeah, yeah, Eric Bieniemy ran the offense of Washington, but he also had Greg Roman, but he also had Brad Childress. Well, I don't know, guys. I mean, if that's the case, hire EB to be your head coach. Maybe he brings Greg Roman or Brad Childress to be his offensive coordinator, and you have them both, and you can solve the problem uh, once again. So that's the latest on my uh, deep dive in Eric Bieniemy again. It's kind of a two-episode deep dive, really. Yesterday's episode was about Eric and uh, kind of his play calling stats and, and the schemes, uh, how that impacts the players and the team production. Uh, some good stuff there, I think. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Certainly got a lot of views there on, on uh, YouTube. So I appreciate all you guys coming through. Just like I appreciate you coming through today. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view of the day. If you got questions or topics you want to discuss, send them in to Locked On Washington Commanders at Gmail or hit the LO Commanders. DM at LO Commanders on Twitter or do like Hutchie did on Twitter. Just come straight at me. Just at me on Twitter at DHarrison82 at Hutchie Sosa. Uh, dropped a really good comment to me and it's actually going to spark uh, a conversation in our next episode about the value of offense coordinator versus quarterback. Kind of the both. I'll tell you right now, it's for me, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit of a chicken or the egg type of conversation. Very excited to get into that conversation on tomorrow's episode. We will do that. In the meantime, I'm David Harrison. Staff writer of Commander on Commander Country on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders on Twitter at dharrison82. One thing you made for making this show again your first listen of the day and making us a part of your football routine. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining me right here on Locked On Commanders. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.